I probably sound tired. Room Podcast is back on the air, baby dolls. My name is Darian, and I have returned for another week of horror bullshit. I am alone this week. No Jason Harrell. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody at all, really. Just me, ladies and gentlemen. I am sorry. Uh, it's going... <laughs> Don't get your hopes up about today's show. I'm going to be honest with you right up front. Uh, I'm very tired. I don't feel well. There's a fucking summer thing going around, dude. I don't know what it is, but my son has it. Uh, he's coughing his damn fool head off. I can feel it already creeping into me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm already, I sound hoarse, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, I am tired, but not like sick tired. I'm more like, been up, uh, doing shit tired. You know what I mean? Not like partying tired. That's a whole other kind of tired. I'm more like just fucking tired, tired. I don't know. I can feel it creeping in, though. It's a summer cough, uh, flu, diarrhea situation. I do not have the diarrhea, though. Only my son got that one. And from what I understand, Buddy's got it, too. That's why he's not here tonight. So fucking put a condom on, inmates, before you go in the pool, I guess. It's summertime, and uh, when you're sick during the summer, it sucks that much more, I think we can all agree on. Uh, yeah, how was your Father's Day, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, any of you dads out there do anything cool? I got, I, I hit the jackpot this year, boys. Uh, my wife bought me a, a, uh, she upgraded my TV situation in the bedroom. And I don't mean that in a pornographic way, but there was a little bit of that too. Uh, I got a 65-inch TV in my bedroom now, man. I think that might be too much TV, for the bedroom situation, you know what I mean? Because you're laying in bed, you're watching this huge TV, it's like you're at a drive-in or something. It's kind of cool, but I don't know, man. I feel like uh, I'm going to get whiplash or a neck kink or something from having to stare up at this giant screen. What a sweet disposition to have, though, right? That's a good problem. That's that's what I like to call a good problem to have. All right, enough about me and my horseshit. I hope you guys had a nice Father's Day. Uh... You dads out there, Tim, Tony, I know you guys are both dads. Happy Father's Day, you fuckers. I don't know if they have Father's Day in Australia. Do they? Do they have that? Is that an American thing? I don't know. I Well, we had it, so you guys should get it, I don't know, in about 25 years or so. So, uh, happy Father's Day, you fucking assholes. Uh, I got a regular horror show to get into here, though, inmates. I got horror news, listener mail, uh, a couple of fucking... <laughs> a couple of fucking movies to talk about, boys. 
All right, let's kick things off with the horror news then. Before I have to go and uh, blow my nose. Horror news. Yes, sir. Uh, are you ready for this new Alien movie coming out? It's, from what I understand, it's just entitled Alien. Uh, it's by Fidi Alvarez, who we all know and love, right? Uh, the Evil Dead remake, Don't Breathe. He does good work, that Alvarez guy. Uh, it's got a 2024 release date. From what I understand, they have wrapped filming. It was filmed in Romania or, Buda, or Budapest. Budapest. Budapest is Romania. Maybe it was Hungary or something. It's all. It's a Eastern Europe kind of a deal. I think that's where most of the movies get made these days is Eastern Europe because you can do it over there so cheap. Um, I'm excited. I don't know what he's got in mind for us. Uh, he does good horror work. You understand that? He makes good horror films. Evil Dead remake. Not a lot of humor in there. Same thing with uh, Don't Breathe. Uh, th- those aren't like uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of movies. They're legitimate movies that are looking to shock and terrify you. Uh, for that reason, I have high hopes for this alien situation. Uh, Red Band trailers are up for Craven the Hunter, which is a uh, MCU situation. Now, this is supposed to be Marvel's most violent movie yet. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the comic book, uh, Craven was always hunting Spider-Man because he was like a big game hunter, and he wanted to kill a uh, he wanted to kill Spider-Man and put his head on the wall or something like that. I don't know. Um, I didn't watch the trailer. I, to be honest with you, I kind of lost touch with the Marvel Universe. Uh, long time. I I will get caught up one of these days, sometime when I have fucking time. It's gonna be a while. I can tell you that. Uh, looks like it might be like a good standalone action movie though. So that's something to think about. Uh, here's something else to think about. Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor herself has joined the cast of Stranger Things season five. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm into it, man. I'm into that. Uh, I didn't see that last Terminator movie, but I heard good things about her in it. So... You know, why not? Um, really, what what else has she done besides the Terminator movie? She was in that uh, Beauty and the Beast uh, show, which lasted about a year and a half back in the 80s. Um, really, I think that that's about it, really. Uh, I feel like she's done some horror movies. Why don't I just IMDB her since I'm standing right here with my thumb up my ass and my smartphone in my hand? Linda Hamilton... Uh, known for Terminator 2, of course. Very sexy in that one. Uh, Dante's Peak, sure. Resident Alien, oh God. She's done some sci-fi movies. And some uh, Disney after-school specials, everybody. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's not done a whole lot, really, of note. Done some voiceover work, so good for her. She was on that show, Weeds. So... I never watch that show. It's about the suburban mom that started selling weed. Whatever. Uh, I'm into it. I was going to watch that show anyway when it comes out. Season 5, Stranger Things, of course. Uh, Speaking of shows I'm going to watch when they come out, Squid Game Season 2. Trailers are up. I did not watch the trailers for that one either. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Darian, I love me some Squid Games. 
I don't know if I want to revisit that situation because it kind of already played itself, right? Where else can we go from there? I don't know, but uh, that's why I'm not watching the trailers. I'm pulling a Jason Harrell on this one. I'm going to abstain from the trailers. I'll wait till it hits uh, Netflix, and then I'll jump right in. Uh, really like the first season. Much, you know, blood sport kind of a thing. Uh, dog eat dog situation with the, the fun games and the poison and the uh, red light, green light with the snipers. <coughs> I'm going to try not to get you guys sick. I'm sorry. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, no release date, but there is a teaser trailer out. Uh, from what I read, the te- teaser doesn't really show much anyway, so there's that. Lastly, it looks like Evil Dead Rise is going to hit max streaming later this month. I have not seen Evil Dead Rise yet. I would love to. I just got to wait for an hour and a half of my fucking time to clear up so that I can actually get a horror movie in. Uh, That's all I got on the horror news inmates. How about some listener mail? Listener mail. Emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff happening here tonight. Started off with some emails. Uh, Coming in from Sydney, Australia, here comes team. Subject line, bones and all. What's up, people? Much love to you all this weekend. Meat Hook, three films I expected to hate but loved. Number three, The Shallows. Not sure why I thought I'd hate it, but now it's one of my favorite shark films. I'm not mad at the shallows at all, Tim. I'm not a huge shark guy. The, you got to admit, though, the ending was kind of silly, right? With the whole, uh, you know, her rocketing herself down to the bottom. Eh, eh. We're not physics professors, but we do know that that would not actually work that way. Uh, what else? Number two, Dr. Sleep. Much like Jason, I hate The Shining. I don't understand that. Uh, number one, The Thing. The reason is much like Jason in your next... I didn't like the thing on first watch, but I wasn't in the right mood. Now it's in my top ten of all time. <coughs> I get that. You know, some, sometimes you can watch a movie, and if you, you know, you're pissed off at somebody at work or something like that, you'll end up hating the movie by default. And then you watch it again a couple months later, and you're like, ah, it's not that fucking bad. You know? It's not, if, a bad, if, some doucher at work can ruin your whole movie-watching experience. Happened to me many times. Terradome. I've never seen Bones, but I love my boy Alan, so put me down for Jimmy Bones. That's all for me this week. Love you all, especially you, Jason. Oh, he put a little eggplant emoji there. I'm going to pass your eggplant emoji on to Jason. <laughs> right on, Tim. Thanks for writing in, dude. Uh, let's get down to Southern California. Here comes Tony. Subject line, three weeks of meat. Ooh, yeah, Tony. Greetings, padded room. Last week, either I didn't click send, which is unlikely, or Darian didn't read the email sent through the meat hooks link though the pad- through the padded room website. Either way, Darian is a turd. So here is the last three weeks of meat. Meat hook. Movies you thought you would hate but didn't. But didn't. Number three, Bad Milo. It's about a guy that has a demon coming out of his asshole. It's better than it sounds. You know, I've started that one a few times, Tony. I don't know, man. <laughs> Much like the previous movies, I just think I have to be in the right mood for an asshole demon. 
I'll let you know. I'll let you know when that mood strikes me. Uh, number two, let me in. I was a big fan of let the right one in. I thought going into this, it would have, it wouldn't live up to the original. Um, uh, yeah, I get that. And a lot of Americanizations get shit on prematurely. Sometimes it turns out to be accurate, like with martyrs. Other times, you know, you got to give them a chance at least. Uh, number one, clown guy gets possessed by a clown suit. Sounds stupid, but it's Eli Ross, so I gave it a chance. Clowns eating kids is never a bad thing. I have to agree with you there, Tone. Uh, Meat Hook, party movies. Number three, Piranha 3D. The whole movie is a party. Bikinis, blood, Jerry O'Connell gets his dick bit off. Ving Rhames uses a boat propeller like a minigun. (coughs) You're forgetting one very important part of that film there, Tony, and that's uh, Miss Gianna Michaels in one of those uh, ridiculous parachute things. Topless. If those those of you that don't know who Gianna Michaels is, you just Google it and you will know immediately. You will recognize her nipples, I guarantee it. Uh, let's see here. Number two, Cabin in the Woods, Party at the Lake, Hot Chicks, Beer, Drugs, What Could Go Wrong? One, Blade, Vampire, Blood Rave, probably the best scene of the entire franchise. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, Tracy Lords playing a uh, hot hot vampire club goer type of a girl. Um it gets uh that that scene is pretty good. After that it gets very so I think Blade the first Blade movie is probably the weakest, right? I don't know, maybe that's just me. I always liked Blade 2. That was my favorite. <coughs> uh what else we got here? Meat Hook Ridiculous Creatures number 3 Zombies, literally every zombie zoo animal in this movie looks dumb as shit. I can honestly say I've never seen that one, Tony. I've never even thought... I've, I've seen the, the thumbnail, and I immediately say to myself, that looks dumb as shit, and from the sounds of it, I'm accurate. Number two, black sheep. So the zombie sheep are just sheep, but they're were-sheep and giant hulking monsters. They are both dumb and incredible at the same time. Number one, Jason takes Manhattan. Jason unmasked. I don't know what I was expecting, but that wasn't it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember liking Jason Takes Manhattan uh, a lot. I don't know why. And then recently, me and my son rewatched the entire Friday the 13th film franchise, like one right after the other. You know, one a night for like, I don't know, 11, 12 nights. But when we got to Jason Takes Manhattan, I was like, this is fucking dog shit (laughs) they are taking a big and total dump all over the previous franchise and i don't know what we're doing and uh what's more is i remembered really hating part seven the new blood and watching it this time it's not that bad you know anyway uh right on tony i agree with you on on that for education of Darian, you are Clive Barker's Lord of Illusion. No, I was not. Are you talking about this week? Because this week I am uh, not that either. I'm something else. No, yeah, I'm something else. Um, I don't think it's right, but I can't think of too many horror movies featuring magicians. Fair enough. And when I, t- I doubt anybody has seen this movie. Uh, Dr. Giggles screams early to mid-90s. You could take the cast of kids and literally drop them into any 90s teenage movie and not notice a difference. The movie felt similar to the movie The Dentist, but more comedic. At least The Dentist fucked my 
fucked me up as a kid and was super hard to watch. Dr. Giggles is not good. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, immersion therapy, consecration <laughs> made me fall asleep. <laughs> I have some thoughts on that, Tony, but we'll get to that. Uh, Terra Dome, I'll vote for Jimmy Bones. Also, if Darian is too much of a tyrant to let me pick Robert the Tire, then how about Jennifer Check from Jennifer's Body? Tony, we've already set the brackets, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, go to paddedroompodcast.com. Look at the, hit the Terra Dome link. The brackets are already set, man. We, we blocked them in. We can't change them now. So pick one of the people on the brackets, man. Okay. The 99% of them are still open. So there you go. Uh, what are you watching? We saw the blackening this weekend. Not that I wanted to pay to see this movie, but Spider-Man was sold out. It was fine. If Barbershop was a horror comedy, but not that funny. Enough semi-decent jokes throughout. I figured out what was going to happen about 10 minutes into the movie, though. The part that bothered me was the cold open of the movie starts with the killer asking the first two black people to name a black, black actor that survives to the end of a horror movie. They can't do it. It bothered me. Finally, I watched... The Lair on Shudder. It's a Neil Marshall movie, so I thought it would at least be okay. The creatures in the movie are okay. There are some really nice effects with kills. But overall, the movie is not good. What happened to Neil Marshall? This guy was killing it. Dog Soldiers, The Descent, Doomsday. He did the Blackwater episode of Game of Thrones. Centurion and Tales of Halloween were both okay. Then this guy did the Hellboy reboot, which now which he now disowns, and the lair is not good. So apparently the main actress from The Reckoning is the same from The Lair. She is also the main actress in Neil's next two upcoming films, so either he has lost his touch or his or her vagina is causing him to make poor decisions. Anyway, time for that mountain lion. Tony! Arr, 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 <coughs> oh, fuck. That mountain lion fucked me up. Ugh. Right on, Tony. Thanks for uh, writing in, man. I don't know what happened over the last three weeks. This uh, uh, contact at Padded Room thing, it's Jason's still working. He's working on it every day. He goes to his job, and then he spends more time there working on this website than he does actually doing his job. God bless him for that, right? Uh, Let's see here. It looks like that's all we got on the uh, emails. Let's take a look at the voicemail line. All right, let's get down to our main man in Alabama. Here comes Alan. Pat, what's up? What's up Hope Alan? everybody's doing good. So, Terradome, of course, give me Jimmy Bones. Yeah, I figured How that. big motherfucking Snoop Dogg going to lose to some suburban vampire in a fucking Cosby sweater? <laughs> I mean, Jerry's a stupid fucking name for a vampire anyway. What's wrong with yeah, Jerry? Anyway, uh, Meat Hook, horror movies, I didn't think I was going to like, but ended up liking. Yeah, what do you think? Uh... Number one, uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Sure. The first, when I saw the first one originally, I didn't like it. I thought it was I'm stupid. I'm not mad at that at all. But I went and saw the sequel, loved it. Um, <clears throat> another one was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Leatherface, the one yeah. from the 90s with Ken Foray. Because yeah. once again, I'd seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the first time I saw it, I hated it, uh-huh. and I love it. So I didn't have much faith in the franchise, but I, I rented yeah. part three because of Ken Foray. Loved it. Okay. And number that's one, um, that's a good question. Because I tend to like, if I think I'm going to hate a movie, I'm not going to watch it. That's the I guess Leatherface would be my number one. 
Yeah, um, I'll do I don't it. know. I only got two on a meat hook or something. Right. Anyway, Mr. Darian, I don't know who you are yeah, in the Educating Mr. Darian. Um, I hope everybody's doing good. Talk to y'all later. We're all Bye. sick as fuck, Alan. I'm sorry. Other than that, we're good. <laughs> he brings up uh, <clears throat> he brings up Blair Witch Book of Shadows. So, funny thing about that, you can actually call that movie canon to the franchise. So, if you watch it, and hear me out, I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive on you here, inmates. I've, I've researched the subject extensively. So, there are, at present, four Blair Witch movies. You have The Blair Witch Project, of course. You have Curse of the Blair Witch, which is the uh, documentary that preceded Blair Witch Project. Uh, Then you have uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Then you just have The Blair Witch, right? So, hear me out on this. Uh, The reason why we can say Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows is canon to the, the entire franchise is because there is a character that links Blair Witch... Um, Curse of the Blair Witch and Blair Witch Project and, um, what do you call, uh, Book of Shadows. He appears, well, he doesn't appear in Blair Witch Project, but the, so if you watch the Curse of the Blair Witch, the sheriff that they do the interviews with, his name is Sheriff Craven, okay? Uh, he's a big fat guy in that, in that particular version. But if you cut to Blair Witch Book of Shadows, the crotchety old sheriff guy that is up uh, Jeffrey Donovan's ass all the time is Sheriff Craven, okay? Now, here's the, here's the even more fun part. <coughs> In Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, they make a lot of uh, um, references to the Blair Witch Project as a movie, okay? And you really have to watch this to pick up on this, Uh However, they never come out and reference it as a fictitious movie. So, yes, the three missing kids are mentioned, but it's never mentioned that they are actors or that they are they were uh it was all a publicity stunt or anything like that. Okay? Now, we cut to The Blair Witch in which we have Heather with somebody that's supposed to be Heather Donahue's younger brother out there looking for her. So that links uh Blair Witch Project and The Blair Witch and then the Blair Witch Project is already linked to, clearly, uh, Curse of the Blair Witch, which then in turn is linked to Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. So theoretically, all four movies could be considered part of one universe, right? And all the characters are interlinked. All right, I've blown my uh, conspiracy load all over your face, Alan. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, that is all we have on the listener mail, my friends. Thank you very much, Alan, Tim, Tony. You guys are champions. You know that. Uh, I guess it's time for me to, uh, go pay a visit to the doctor. I got the textbooks, the diagrams, the cadavers. This is the real thing. Scalpel. Bigger scalpel. Better. Clean cut through the dermal. Suction. Easy now. Protector. And cauterize. Just, just 
Not these intestines. Over to the right. Bone cutter. Uh-oh. This fall. Nicked a bit of the liver there. <laughs> the doctor is out. Hello, Mr. Pancreas. <laughs> of his mind. It only hurts when I laugh. Dr. Giggles. The doctor will see you now. Yeah, buddy, it is Dr. Giggles from 1992. It stars Larry Drake, uh, some other people. It got, uh, oh, fudge, where am I? Am I even looking at the right thing here? Just calm down, everybody. It's Dr. Giggles from 1992. It got a hard R rating. I don't know why. Um, not much going on here, uh, except maybe a couple of fuck, fucking fuck words. Uh, 5.2 stars on IMDb, written and directed by Manny Cotto, stars Larry Drake, Holly Marie Combs, and Cliff Young. <clears throat> I got a kill count of about 10 on this one, inmates. Um, it's standard 90s slasher fare. Uh, what it, the impression I got from this movie is that it was a blatant and rather obvious attempt to jumpstart a franchise. Unfortunately, it took a big fat shit at the box office, so the franchise went absolutely nowhere. Um, we start off, it, <laughs> we start off in a, uh, a surgical suite where Larry Drake, uh, the aforementioned Dr. Giggles, is performing an operation on somebody. Now, right off the bat, we're going to notice that something ain't right here because the guy he's performing the operation on is in a uh, suit and tie. So, nor I mean, I've had surgery before. They, there's usually not a dress code to have surgery. They just they actually put you in a gown. So, that's fun. But uh, while he's doing it, he's giggling, and the patient dies like 13 seconds into the surgery, but nobody seems to mind. There's like no rush to save him or anything like that. And uh, Dr. Giggles is like, well, you win some, you lose some. And then he just keeps going to town on this dude. Now, all the other doctors that are watching from like the, uh, the, the audience area of the suite, they are completely unfazed by this. They're like, hmm, very interesting. Yes, you seem to have killed the guy. Uh, from there, we're going to cut to the, the hospital that this is happening in. Uh, we're going to realize is going into lockdown because there's like a bunch of security guards and they're like, oh, Dr. Giggles has gotten out of a cell. He has an IQ of 100,000 bazillion and he thinks he's a doctor, but he's actually a psychopath. And uh, this is when we realize that all the other doctors that are watching the surgery are actually patients that Dr. Giggles has let out of their cells. Uh, so from here, we get a very daring escape. Not really, though. Not a very daring escape. Uh, he just kind of walks out. <laughs> he kills another guy that's getting into his car and steals the car. And then uh, that's pretty much the beginning of your movie. Uh, from there, we realize that uh, he's, he's hell-bent on going back to a small town called Morehigh. Now, I believe I saw California plates on all the cars, but I could be wrong. Morehigh could be anywhere. I like to think it's in Canada. I don't know. There's something very Canadian about this. 
But uh, off, off he goes to Morhai. Why does he want to go to Morhai? I don't know. But we will soon find out. Um, we're going to cut to Morhai. It's, uh, it's Woodsboro, basically. It's a small town. It's the last day of school, and uh, the senior, the the teen, the the high school class is getting out, and we're going to meet our our lovable group of teenagers here. They're they're looking to have sex with each other. Uh, they got a big bash planned for that night, and uh, we can't wait to get up there. Everybody's going to bring their girlfriends and their boyfriends, and somebody's going to bring some booze somehow, and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to meet our uh, protagonist, a young lady by the name of Jen. Now. I know what's going on here. It's not that hard to figure out, inmates. Jen is our uh, virginal survivor girl, and she's going to make it to the end one way or the other. Sure, I get that. The problem here is that Jen is in no way likable. (laughs) She is a complete and utter sourpuss the entire movie. Um, We're going to meet her boyfriend, Max. You may remember Max, the actor that plays Max. He played Becky's boyfriend on Roseanne. Uh, Handsome devil. Black hair, kind of a sulking kind of look to him. Uh, Very kind of brutish, I guess. Um, Irish actor. I forget his name, but he actually passed away uh, in 2002 of a heroin overdose. Anyway, Max is looking to get into Jen's pants. Jen is not into it because... She's not into anything, apparently. She doesn't want to have a good time. She doesn't want anybody else having a good time. So uh, Max is like, come on, Jen. It's going to be great. we got to go to the party. And she's like, no, I don't know, Max. I'm partying and stuff. And Max is trying to make out with her. And she's like, not here, Max. She's not even that hot. She's played by Holly Marie Combs. Um, She did a brief stint on Charmed, the TV show. And a loose smattering of other low-budget horror films. She's fine. She's hot. I'll give her that. She looks like a very low-rent version of Nev Campbell. And that's pretty much what she's playing. Except that this movie came before Scream, obviously. So they got the big party going. Uh, now we're going to cut back to Dr. Giggles. He has made his way to Morhai. And he has found the one creepy old abandoned house. And he breaks into it and we find out that this used to be a doctor's office. Uh, Dr. Um, Evan Rendell, that's who was the practitioner. It's all creepy and abandoned now. It looks like the house on, uh, what was it, Kneebolt Street from It. But uh, he breaks in there and he's setting up shop and he's cleaning the place up and he's really getting into it. He finds finds the old doctor's bag and we're going to learn more about what he's doing here and how he came to arrive at this location as we go on. Uh, but now our uh, our merry band of partiers are getting ready for the big bash tonight. We got a couple of familiar faces here, gang. We have Dougie Doug. Remember him? Probably not. He was in one of my favorite movies called Hanging with the Homeboys. Uh, he was also in Eight-Legged Freaks. He was the weird conspiracy radio guy that uh, had the fucking streamlined radio podcast that was out on the outskirts there. Uh, he's going to be our token black guy and he's got himself a token black girlfriend. Good for him. Uh, we also have another guy named Stu. (laughs) Now the actor that plays Stu has a very distinct haircut. The only reason I recognize him is because he played Z boy in another movie, uh, night of the demons Two. Um, he did a lot of, uh, howling in that movie for no reason at all. 
whatsoever. He was one of the only kids to uh, return to Hull House. He didn't last very long, but he's back in this movie. Um, he's not going to last much longer here. He's going to make a fucking ass out of himself. Uh, he's got himself a girlfriend. That's great. We got a couple of sluts running around. Um, I didn't catch their names. It doesn't matter. But uh, they are trying actively to get on top of Max. That's worth noting. So uh, we're gonna ca- we're gonna catch up with Jen. She asked to actually stop at her uh, physician physician's office on the way home from school because apparently she has a uh, what do you call pacemaker, and one of the valves on this motherfucker is uh, like on the verge of collapsing or something. But the doctor reassures, hey, just take it easy, you know. Some sometimes this happens; it kind of fixes itself. Just no alcohol, okay? No strenuous activity. All right, so no uh, sexy time, uh, no uh, basically no having fun for you, and Jen's like, no, God, and by the way, Jen, here's a weird heart monitor thing that she basically has to wear like a Walkman, I don't know, it clips onto her belt, it's about the size of a Walkman, uh, for those of you that don't know what a Walkman is, it's a uh, portable tape cassette uh, player that we used to wear when we were kids. And it was a big, it was about the size of a brick, and you would clip it on your belt. And that's how you knew you arrived. That was your status symbol, circa 1992. Look at the size of the Walkman on that guy. Jeez. I bet that can play three tapes at once. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's, uh, she's got to wear it on her belt. She's walking around. She gets scared by the dog, and the thing starts going off. Uh, She gets home. Uh, Everything's cool. We meet her dad. Her dad is, uh, I get her mother recently passed away, and her dad has found love again in the arms of a younger lady by the name of Tamara. Uh, I don't know the actress that played Tamara, but we'll recognize her. She was the hot chick from Waxwork. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get to see her naked, but she's still pretty hot. Uh, so, uh, they're getting ready. It's, uh, showtime. We're going to cut back to Dougie Doug and Z-Boy. Uh, they're cruising around and they've decided they're going to, uh, do a little urban exploring. They've got their girlfriends with them. So there's four of them and they stop at, uh, Dr. Giggle's house and they're going to go creeping around in there. And that's where we're going to get a little backstory here, guys, on Dr. Giggles and what the fuck his problem is and why he's back here at Morehigh. Uh, so apparently, and we're going to learn this all from Z-Boy, because I guess there's like a nursery rhyme. There's always a nursery rhyme with these assholes. Um, uh, so Dr. Giggle's dad was trying to be the first doctor to successfully do a heart transplant because his wife was dying and he needed to find a heart donor, except that uh, nobody wanted to give up a heart. So he basically just started killing his patients off and taking their hearts, and uh, trying to find a suitable donor that way. Eventually, the town figured the whole shit out, and they drug him out of his house and stoned him to death, like a big lynch mob situation back in 1957. Uh, He was supposed to have had a son. Um, That would be our Dr. Giggles. Excuse me, but the son was never found, because right after the uh, big lynch mob stoning attack, the townspeople burned his, or they thought they burned his house down, but clearly they didn't because it's still standing and we're in there fucking around right now. All right, well done. Now we know, we, at least now we have an idea of what the fuck's going on here. So uh, while they're in there fucking off, uh, Z-Boy decides to trap Dougie Doug and his girlfriend in one of the upstairs bedrooms. Uh, like, 
gets him in there and then takes a pickaxe and slams it into the door so it like wedges it shut. And then him and his girlfriend just leave, Dougie Doug and his girlfriend, trapped in this crusty old house. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, that was a fucking ass dick move, but I will tell you different, my friends, because I'm going to be honest with you. If uh, I were trying to get into, if I were a uh, 16-year-old Darian, and I were trying to get into the pants of a young lady, uh, by all means, trap us in a scary environment, in a poorly lit environment, and leave us to our own devices. I will possibly save the day, in which case she may be inclined to suck me off. (laughs) Or we may just get bored and she may have to fuck me out of, uh, you know, just not having anything else to do. Regardless, I like my chances there much more than just uh, driving around like an awkward prick. Anyway, uh, that's a dick move. Uh, Once once Z-Boy and his girl leave... Dr. Giggles, like, starts approaching, and then he uh, injects Dougie Doug through a uh, a uh, door handle with, like, a weird green fluid, which basically makes Dougie Doug just cough up blood until he dies. And then he gets in. We don't really get to see what he does to the girlfriend, except that she's dead, and we're going to find her body later on in the movie. She's definitely dead. Don't worry about that. Excellent. Good news. Well, bad news for Dougie Doug, but uh, Dr. Giggles is on the prowl, ladies and gentlemen. So from there, we're going to cut to our big uh, high school uh, bash, which apparently takes place out on a hill, and it's the same hill every year on the same night every year. You think the cops might have figured this shit out, you dipshits? Clearly, we didn't think about that because we're all up there and we're all smoking weed and getting drunk. Max and Jen are up there and Jen is already giving everybody the stink eye. Oh, I don't have to drink to have fun, Max. God. Oh, Max, get off of me. Oh, I have sex. There's too many people. Now, I get it. She's got this heart condition. She can't be fucking around. Why didn't she just tell him that? Why is she leading him on, waiting to ruin his entire night? You know, hey, dude, I got a doctor's note here says I can't fuck you or get hammered. So I'm sorry, but would you like to come over and watch some soap operas or something? I don't know. We could play uh, Super Mario Brothers. Instead, she goes out there with him anyway. All right, this is poor, this is bad writing, if you ask me, but whatever. Um, naturally, 14 minutes after they get there, the cops roll up and uh, shush everybody off in a comedic fashion. Uh, the two sluts are there, and they're eyeing Max up, uh, which means that's going to be a problem later. Um, and then uh, we get to meet our two cops, our two Rube cops. One of them is, uh, it's like his first night on the on this particular police force, and the other guy is like the grizzled old guy. He's like, you know what? Every year these dipshit kids come up here looking to have sex with each other on the same night. You'd think they would have either found a better spot or would just fucking do it somewhere else. Um, we will know this guy because he's wearing a 49ers baseball hat. That's really his only discernible feature that sets him apart from anybody else. So 49ers cop and rookie, like shush all the kids off. Uh, they decide to go down to the lower hill where there's like a county fair going on. Very exciting. Uh, Max and Jen are walking around. Oh God, Max. Oh, uh, Max gets her on the Ferris wheel thinking maybe she might jerk him off or something. Instead, she goes on this big diatribe about how um, 
her mom died and uh, she's mad at her dad for getting a new chick and she's also uh, feeling guilty about being mad at her dad for getting a new chick because he's entitled to happiness and she's being a real bitch about it and blah, blah, blah. Basically just ruining Max's night entirely. And uh, Max is trying to be supportive. He's like, oh God, babe. Well, we'll figure this out together. I'm your boyfriend and we'll we'll, you know, get together on this, and we'll work it out, and then finally she's like, I'm ruining your whole night town, and then she just goes running off, uh, Max makes like a half-ass attempt to catch her, Jen, wait, no, and then she just takes off, uh, and that's about the time the two sluts pop up around the corner, hi, Maxie, what are you doing, you big old stud, come here, (laughs) did you know, that there's a, another secret bash going on? Why don't you come with us? Um, that's all well and good. From there, we're going we're gonna to cut back to Dr. Giggles. He basically goes on a little bit of a killing spree here. Uh, he kills the neighbor with the dog by switching the red pill and the blue pill. Uh, thus keeping the neighbor uh, out of the Matrix, which is good for her. But the bad news is that she throws up a bunch of green stuff and dies. And uh, there's that. Uh Now we're going to cut across the street from the neighbor. Uh, Since all the kids got kicked out of the party spot, well, all the less than cool kids, they all had to go home and try to have sex with each other at home. I know. Can you believe it? And of course, there's not a parent to be found in this entire equation. So we're going to cut to Z-Boy and his girl. Uh, (laughs) This is a little awkward, if you ask me. They're back back at uh, Z-Boy's house. His parents are gone. I guess they went on vacation and left him. I would, probably would have done the same. He was an annoying prick. Uh, he's like, hey, babe, uh, would you mind uh, putting on some of my mom's lingerie? I've been jerking it pretty hard to Victoria's Secret catalog. You're not going to, I'm not going to bang you if you're wearing my mom's clothes. That is so, is that weird? That feels very weird to me. Put my mom's clothes on so I can fuck you. Oh, what kind of Oedipal complex do you have, my friend? Never mind the fact that this is somebody else's sex clothes that you want me to wear, but it's your mom's, you nasty fucker. Oh, regardless, for whatever reason, uh, Z-Boy's girl obliges and gets into the the sexy uh, lingerie that belongs to his mom. And uh, she hands him a condom. She's like, hey, if I'm going to wear your mom's fucking clothes, you got to go put this condom on. So he's like, okay, babe. He goes into the uh, the bathroom and drops the condom in the toilet and then spends like 45 minutes trying to dig it out of the toilet. Uh, I think with his own toothbrush, which is disgusting on a number of levels. Uh, while that's going on, of course, Dr. Giggles gets into the house and kills the girlfriend. He then hides in the bed and then Z-Boy comes out thinking he's going to trick the girlfriend into having unprotected sex, gets in bed with her and realizes it's Dr. Giggles in bed with him. And then Dr. Giggles, I believe, cuts off his penis. Uh, cause, uh, I don't know. I don't know why he go chose to go that route on Z-Boy, but, uh, he's done. He's out of the equation and so is his girlfriend, unfortunately. Uh, from there, we are going to go to, uh, I think from there we go to, uh, what's, uh, Jen's house where Jen comes home. She makes it home where she is greeted to the sounds of 
her dad banging away at Tamara. So she's like, ugh, gross. Now, she goes upstairs and takes off her heart monitor and throws it in the fish tank. The fuck was the point of that? Yeah, are you, you're rebelling against the doctor who's trying to save your life and keep you alive uh, by monitoring your heart rate? That's, what you're, that's, your, that's your act of rebellion right there? Fuck this heart and fuck him. Uh, she then goes downstairs and starts uh, drinking a bottle of wine. Now, while that's going on, uh, we're going to cut back to the fair, where apparently Max has decided to just hang for a bit because now he's won like a bunch of stuffed animals and shit. Uh, the sluts get him back to the secret bash, which appears to be happening in some kind of a band, uh, big band uh, rehearsal space or something like that. It's just a giant orgy is what's going on. There's just kids finger blasting each other and getting jerked off on each other. It's it's great. It's what, what I would anticipate a secret secret bash would look like. Um, we do get a pretty hot little sequence here. Uh, the chief slut talks Maxie into giving her uh, uh, saxophone lessons, and she does a pretty good job of uh, <laughs> filleting the end of the saxophone. It's I, For a movie that has zero nudity, this part was a bit of all right. <laughs> it was a good day to be a saxophone in that particular <laughs> band room. Uh, he's like, oh, and then eventually she just jumps on top of Max. Now, slut number two is kind of like the silent partner in the slut duo. And she's like, oh, whatever. She just gets her coat on and walks out. Now, about that time, Jen gets all pissed off. Uh, and she's like, throws her bottle of wine down and goes walking back to the fair. I, I like to think that she was ready to have angry, drunken sex with Max, presumably on the Ferris wheel, right? I don't know, but I, I she was headed back like, I'm going to find Max, and I'm going to suck his dick at least, or something, I don't know. But uh, instead, she's just walking around the fair, and she runs into slut number two. Slut number two is like, hey, you looking for Max? And she's like, yeah, you seen him? She's like, yeah, come with me. And then she leads him right back to the big band orgy situation, where she sees uh, slut number one uh, all on top of Max. She's like, oh, real nice, Max, God! And then she goes hauling ass, and then makes Jen wait again. And then he goes taking off after her. Uh, while that's going on, we're going to cut back to uh, Jen's house, where Dad realizes that Jen has left. He finds the heart monitor in the fish tank. He's like, "Oh shit, I got to go find my daughter." Tamara's like, "No, I'm not going. You need to pay attention to me." And she, he's like, "I'm going to go find my daughter. If she comes back here, just fucking tell her to." go to bed or something, and then he goes hauling ass to the fair, too. While that's going on, Tamara, unfortunately, decides she's going to eat her feelings by having a gallon of vanilla ice cream, very nice, uh, and watching TV and crying, as, you know, an emotionally bereft young lady should do. Uh, Dr. Giggles has made his way into the house, and he is walking around. Uh, he finds Tamara, and he straps her to a chair, and he hooks her up to a stomach pump, but it's got like a retracting rotor blade on it. So once he sucks all the ice cream out of Tamara's stomach, he hits the red button and then I guess the blade shoots down her, her gut or something. And I don't know. It just, it goes from, it shows like the ice cream coming out. And then the ice, after he hits the button, the ice cream just turns red. So I guess he sucked out her whole guts or something. I don't, I don't know exactly how that works. But uh, Tamara's dead. Uh, now we cut back to the fair where, 
Max is chasing Jen around. Jen's on the point of leaving the fair, but then she sees her dad roll up. So she's like, I don't want to deal with him either. Oh, so she runs into this mirror maze situation. Okay. So while that is going on, this is, this timeline is completely jacked off. And I realize this doesn't make a lot of sense now that I'm trying to explain it to you, but watching it, it somehow felt cohesive. I will say that. Uh, while that was going on, Dr. Giggles has uh, made short work of Tamara and is now poking around Jen's house where he finds the heart monitor, uh, a bunch of books about heart malfunctions and um, what do you call uh, pacemakers and shit like that. So he's like, oh, this young lady has a heart uh, defect. I'm going to give her the heart transplant that my dad was trying to give my mom. So now he's on a mission and he's got a picture of Jen. So Dr. Giggles rolls up to the uh, the fair with a picture of Jen, sees Jen running into the uh, mirror maze. Uh, dad, or no, not dad, Max goes into the mirror maze also. Jen, wait! And the, the main slut goes into the mirror maze also. <laughs> Max! And then Dr. Giggles goes in. It's like a Benny Hill skit, sketch, really. Just as they're like chasing each other around. And this mirror maze is like a good quarter mile long, apparently, because they just are going around in circles and flashing lights. You broke my heart, Max. Uh, Jen, wait. Maxie. And then here comes Dr. Giggles. Oh, the doctor is in. It's very silly. So make a long story short. A very silly one. Uh, Dr. Giggles kills the uh, the slut by... Somehow he breaks out a comically oversized band-aid because uh, she runs into one of the mirrors and gets a bloody nose. And he's like, I think you just need a band-aid. And then the next scene is her like with this comedically oversized band-aid strapped over her entire face. And she's like spackled to the wall. Um, it's very silly. I don't know why he would have a comically oversized Band-Aid on his person, but apparently he did, and he used it as a murder weapon. So that's the choices that he made, okay? Um, from there, uh, of course, finally, Jen, get, Jen is now being pursued by Dr. Giggles. She finds, like, an emergency exit, which lets out into some woods behind the place, I guess, and Dr. Giggles follows her. Uh, she goes running off into the woods. He's following her. She trips and rolls down a, uh, like a thing. And I believe loses consciousness. He grabs her and then she's kind of out. Max and her dad kind of catch up to her or they like catch up to each other, I should say. Um, so from there, Jen then wakes up in the Dr. Giggles, uh, doctor's office. Now, while that's going on, we're going to cut to our two cops who are receiving reports of dead guys and somebody in a doctor's like uniform attacking people and things like that. And they're trying to chase this down. Every time the rookie cop asks about this Dr. Giggles character, everybody shushes him like, hey, we don't talk about that, you know. <laughs> so uh, eventually he like corners his partner. He's like, hey, I want to know what the fuck is going on. And 49ers cop is like, OK, I'll tell you what happened. I haven't had a drink in 35 years, and the last time I drank was when I saw what I saw. So basically what we're going to find out is that through this flashback, um, yes, Dr. Giggles is the son of Dr. Evan Rendell, who was lynched publicly. Um, nobody knew what happened to the son. He just disappeared after that, except for 49ers cop. 49ers cop was on duty that night, and he had to like 
watch all the bodies that were coming in from the lynch mob and, and the Dr. Rendell killing spree. And uh, he had to, one of the bodies he had to watch was Dr. Rendell's dead wife. And uh, he was sitting there, and then he heard giggling coming from the morgue, so he went in there to check it out. And basically, uh, I don't know, six- or seven-year-old Dr. Giggles was hiding inside the dead body of his mom. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my real question, though, is that there was no, like, wound. You know what I'm saying? There, there was, like, how did he get in there is what I want to know. Because, I mean, looking at the way the shot is set up, he has a scalpel. He's already inside her, and he has a scalpel, and he does, like, a basic reverse autopsy from the inside out, I guess, and then climbs out, which makes the, the grosses the cop right out, and he passes out, and then the kid disappears after that. But how did he get in there? That's the question. Did he did he actually crawl up her vagina? Is that what we did? Is that what what we're saying? Cause he's like seven or eight years old, dude. Uh, I mean, she looked like a plus size woman, but not that plus size. All right, I don't want to go off on a tangent here. Now we know the full story of where Doctor Giggles came from, why he's so pissed off, and why he's here uh, killing everybody in the small town. Excellent. We have been brought up to speed, and we also know what the uh, what this problem with the cop is. So good for good for us. Uh, now, doctor. So okay, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, they're trying to figure out where uh, Jen is because they can't. They don't know where where she might be. She's just gone missing. Uh, the dad shows up at the police station along with the boyfriend. Hey, where is she? I don't know. Uh, the rookie cop is like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go check things. I'm going to go check the, the old Rendell house. And he tells 49ers cop to go back to, um, uh, what do you call there? Uh, their Jen's house and see what's going on there. Uh, 49ers cop goes, finds Tamara's dead body. Dr. Giggles has now gone back there also. I don't know why, be honest with you, but he kills 49ers cop with like a weird, uh, iron rod to the back of the head i don't know what the medical purposing of that was but kills 49ers cop that's bad uh now we have uh uh jen still in the she's like waiting on anesthesia or something waiting on dr giggles to come back to perform this big uh open heart surgery thing we have the boyfriend and the dad. Uh, the dad also run, gets attacked by Dr. Googles there at the house after finding the dead cop. Uh, he gets like slashed across the chest, but he's not dead yet. Um, and then we have the boyfriend who's like, well, I'm going to the Rendell house too. I'm going to check that out. So uh, the cop gets there first. He starts poking around. He finds the newly reestablished Dr. Giggles um, medical office. Which, despite the cobwebs, actually looks like it's in pretty good shape. He's put a lot of work into cleaning that place up, I'll say. Uh, we're also going to find out that he has kept all of the people that he's killed. And he's basically using them as props in his waiting room. And he's removed the hearts from all of them. So, good. Uh, Jen is in the operating theater. She's getting ready to get opened up. Uh, the boyfriend comes down. Uh, the cop comes down. Uh, they, the big struggle, I'm going to blaze through this cause this goes on for a while, man. Big cat and mouse game and struggle between, uh, the cop and, uh, the boy, the, the cop and Dr. Giggles and then the boyfriend gets there. The boyfriend rescues Jen trying to get her up out of there. 
Uh, Cop and Dr. Giggles are going back and forth. Dr. Giggles attacks Jen and uh, the boyfriend. They get away. Uh, All right, make a long story short. They somehow collapse the staircase that goes down to the doctor's office. So they have to get out of there. Uh, The boyfriend gets out. Then he pulls Jen out. Doctor's trying to get up out. But then uh, the cop comes out and they fight it off again. Uh, There's a bunch of like oxyacetylene tanks down there. I guess they would have probably just been oxygen tanks. I don't know. Um, Fire and then explosion. Okay. Uh, Jen and the boyfriend get out. Everything's cool for a second. Real like ambulances come and they take them away. Jen has to be rushed to the hospital immediately because her heart is about to go into collapse or whatever. Uh, She gets to the hospital. (coughs) A real doctor is about to open her up and fix that valve. When uh, he is just on the point of doing that, he realizes that there's nobody in the office with him. And he goes outside and every single person on the medical staff is dead and slashed open. What the hell? He already put the anesthesia on Jen, but that's when Dr. Giggles pops out and kills that doctor. And he brings with him a bunch of ridiculous medieval looking uh, medical equipment. There's like a tiger claw thing. And like a weird crossbow looking situation. Um, if you had to fight like a Mongol horde, you would want some of these these items on you. Not if you're looking to, uh, you know, give somebody an angioplasty or something. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what an angioplasty is. To be honest with you. But regardless, you're like, okay, this fucking asshole. And then he kills his doctor. Jen snaps out of her amnesia just in time. Uh, more cat and mouse bullshit through the real hospital. Uh, make a long story short, Jen electrocutes Dr. Giggles by throwing water on the ground and then hitting the water with defibrillators. And then uh, Dr. Giggles goes down and then she stabs him. And then that's the end of Dr. Giggles. And then Jen wakes up the next morning and her boyfriend is there and he's got an arm in a sling and her dad pops up and he's got like a bandage situation in a bathrobe. And we all live happily ever after. Yay! That's your movie. That's Dr. Giggles, gang. I didn't think it was very good. I'll be honest with you, I've never seen this one all the way through until last night. A couple of things. Number one, it is dreadfully 90s, which may or may not be a bad thing. Uh, In this case, I feel like it kind of is, because I think the main drawback for me was the unlikability of Jen altogether. You take a Sidney Prescott. You take a Nancy Thompson, a Laurie Strode. Um, you don't have to fall in love with them. You just have to kind of empathize with them for at least one or two scenes in the movie. You know what I mean? Like Sidney, for example. She's written movies, and she's hanging out with a bunch of doofuses. I like that. Nancy. She's got an awkward boyfriend. I get that, too. He ended up being Johnny Depp, but, you know, I get that, too. Um, Who else? Lori. She's trying to babysit the neighborhood kids and get her homework done and somehow balance a social life. I get that. Jen is just a fucking sourpuss, and all she's looking to do is ruin everybody's nights. (laughs) She is not a very likable character. Um, The giggling became a bit uh, much, you know. Uh, Larry Drake's not a bad actor, but he does the, this kind of ridiculous uh, 
It almost sounded more like a turkey cluck, like a kind of a thing, than a giggle. And uh, he really ramped it up. Um, it, it got a little silly there. Um, I say you could probably skip this one. I know you've seen it, Inmates. It's not bad. It's standard slasher. Fr- I would call it very uh, sophomoric as far as horror films go. Uh, violence isn't that that bad. There's no nudity. Um, there's not very much in the way of gore. Uh, Doctor Giggles himself is not very scary as a as a villain. You know, um, that's 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 about it. I would this 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 would sit on the like the the PG side. Like if it was something I was my if one of my kids said, "Dad, let's watch well, let's watch a slasher movie um, that uh, isn't going to offend my friends," I would throw on Doctor Giggles. That's something that would probably scare them, but without giving anybody a boner. There you have it. All right, inmates, I'm going to take myself a little break, and I will come back with some uh, other stuff. How about that?
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, you stinky fish people. I took some medicine during the break and I'm feeling a little bit better. I realize I probably don't sound any better, but... uh, I'm going to try to keep the phlegm under control for the duration of the show. I'm not making any promises, goddammit, but I'm going to try. If only a physician were here to prescribe something or stab me in the eye with a syringe, either way. Uh, I think it is time we got into a meat hook, ladies and gentlemen. Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook, obviously, medical-based horror films. Uh, Jason is not here, but he did send me his and Sarah's meat hook for the week. Let me just run you through these real quick. My meat hook number three, American Mary. Very cool. That's more of a body mod situation, but it starts off on a medical campus. Very cool. Number two, Reanimator. Absolutely. Number one, Autopsy of Jane Doe. I don't know that I would call that medical, quote-unquote, horror. It's more like post-mortem horror, I guess, but it's the same thing. I mean, where do you draw the line at what's medical and what's not? I don't know. Very cool. Sarah's meat hook, number three, contracted. I don't know how she arrived at contracted, but other than having like an STD reference, It's not really medical. Number two, Human Centipede 2, since I never watched the first one. Number one, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, I guess, that makes sense. You're trying to raise the dead for the purposes of medical science. Uh, Let me get you my three on a meat hook. Number three, Human Centipede 1. Now, let's be honest. This has very little to do with medicine. It's more just, just this deranged doctor trying to uh, create the perfect pet, I guess, by sewing three people together ass to mouth. Um, I don't know what kind of a pet you're looking for or kind of companionship you need to need to do that to three people. Oh, it, but anyway, like the medical... Um, it, it, like one of the taglines was that this was 100% medically accurate. Like, you could actually do this and the three people would survive. I assure you, they would not. I have no medical degree, but I don't think you can survive on another person's poop. I could be wrong. Number two, for me, antiviral. You knew you weren't going to get out of this meat hook without at least one Cronenberg movie, even if it's Brandon Cronenberg and not David Cronenberg. Here's what I like about antiviral. The, de- the desire for celebrity illnesses. You know what I'm saying? So that's like the crux. That's like the, the, the whole position of the movie is that we've created this bizarro reality TV-based pseudoscience where if, uh, I don't know, Elvira, uh, Cassandra Peterson, 
got a head cold, somebody could sneak that out of her house and pass it along to me, and then I could say I got the same head cold as Elvira, and uh, we could suffer together somehow. I mean, we wouldn't actually be together, but like it's because it's like I got a piece of her in a weird way because I got infected by the same shit. Now, that's all well and good, and I'm all for celebrity worship, uh, but the whole point of getting the virus from the celebrity is that you could say that you made out with the celebrity. You know what I'm saying? I'll go in for some uh, Cassandra Peterson herpes, but not if I don't get to fuck Cassandra Peterson. You understand how that works? That's that's the whole point. I'll, if I actually do it, I'll be the first to admit it. And I'll brag openly about it. Hey, look at these herpes. You know where I got these? Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Look at them. Come over here. I, I didn't take my Valtrex today. You're going to love it. But if they were just like injected into me, well, then that takes the whole fun out of it, doesn't it? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting concept. And then we get into like these weird uh, designer... Uh, viruses where you can pass off uh, as a possible celebrity. It's a, it's a whole thing. It, get, it gets very James Bondy, as Cronenberg likes to do. My number one medical horror film of all time, I'm going with Flatliners. The original. Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Oliver Platt, one of those Baldwin guys, and uh, Julia Roberts. Not that Ellen Page horse shit. That was bad. But the original Flatliners was pretty fucking dope, dude. And I'm not, I mean, I like the concept of it. You know, these kids are are killing themselves and then bringing themselves back and they're bringing shit back with them. That's all well and good. But just the aesthetic of that movie, man, you know, that fucking Halloween rager where they're all throwing burning toilet paper at each other. That's awesome. Uh, Like the weird lighting recess in Kiefer Sutherland's apartment. It's it, dude. It uh, It's scary, but it's more, like, I guess unsettling. Like, the idea of dying, like, purposefully dying, putting your faith in your jack-off friends to revive you uh, after you are clinically dead. And then when things don't go as smoothly as <laughs> you think, ah, yeah, yeah, look out there. Uh, that's my top three movies, medical-based horror movies, my friends. Uh, let me know what yours are. I would love to hear yours. Uh, go to thepaddedroompodcast.com. Click the three on a meat hook link, and you can uh, submit yours. I might get them. I might not. I don't know. Uh, Jason's always tinkering with this fucking thing, so hopefully I get them. If not, you can always call in. The mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275. And now it is time for the Terradome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains I'm gonna bash him right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Oh, my God. 
Welcome to the Terradome. First, last week's winner. In singles competition, we had Jimmy Bones versus Jerry Dandridge. The sun rose and a new day dawned over the old neighborhood. The house had burned to cinders and with it its previous inhabitant, Jerry Dandridge. Jimmy Bones strode confident through the rubble. Now that that was over with, he had some old scores to settle. With a vote of 10 to 6, Jimmy Bones advances over Jerry Dandridge. I kind of had a feeling that was going to go that way. I personally voted for Jerry uh, just because I, I like him better. <laughs> he's he's kind of funny. You got to admit, he's kind of funny, right? Uh, I guess it would depend on which Jerry, if you're looking at that remake, Jerry, he was just kind of a brooding dickbag. But old Chris Sarandon, Jerry Dandridge, beautiful. All right, anyway, let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Asylum Conference Round 3. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. There wasn't going to be much in the way of work for her here, but she had to lay low for a while. Toronto was hot and the detectives were looking for her. Mary Mason had made quite the mess of her old professor, Dr. Grant. He deserved every minute of it, but the justice system of Canada wouldn't see it that way. So back to America she went. Back to Moorhigh. With the money she'd saved working for Billy, she was able to get a deal on an old medical suite. A little spit and polish, and no one would know the difference, as long as they didn't look into her actual medical credentials. 200 miles due south, another practitioner is making an escape, and is also headed to Moorhigh, but with no hope of setting up a practice, only looking for revenge against the town that killed his father. Singles competition, we have American Mary versus Dr. Giggles. Now, a couple of things. Uh, American Mary. Scary, psycho, sure, but in the movie, she always had the help of thugs. Now, you can assign her the thugs if you'd like, or you can make this a one-on-one fight in your own head. Um, I think I... I think I... Uh, I'm tempted to vote... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to sleep on this one. I'm tempted to vote for Dr. Giggles, honestly. He's got like a stealth... Uh, thing going on, uh, but I feel like Mary's probably smart. I feel like Mary's smarter. I'm gonna actually take American Mary, cause Doctor Giggles, while he is well versed in like surgery and uh, medical practice, he's a bit of a doofus, right? With he's fucking giggling, creeping around. I'm going American Mary on that one. Uh, get me your vote by next week if you can, inmates. Go to paddedroompodcast.com, click the Terra Dome link, and click whoever you want to vote for, or you can email in if you'd like your votes to get counted as double, or you can uh, call in also, and I will count them double that way also. Uh, while you're contemplating that matchup, my friends, I've got to tell you what movies I've got to watch this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Only got to watch one movie outside of the feature in the immersion therapy this week. It's called Brooklyn 45 from 2023. 
Um, it's a good show. I feel like it's actually much more socially minded than I fully give it credit for because I'm not very smart when it comes to socially minded things. Um, I don't want to give away the plot. I will say that some, it it happens right after the end of World War II and some military friends are having like a New Year's Eve party and, um, things get a little weird. I'll just put it that way. Things get a little weird. Uh, a seance goes down and some some other weird shit goes down also. <laughs> I'm not going to do it justice, but I don't want to ruin this for you if you haven't seen it. Um, but I feel like there may be some social commentary involved uh, in regards to certain uh, issues that we face today. I, I don't know. I'm... Might just be inferring that also. Like, I'm not very smart when it comes to that shit. It's a good show. Uh, Larry Fessenden in there. So, he, you know, he always... We love Larry Fessenden. He's great, right? Not not an attractive man. I don't think I've ever looked at Larry Fessenden as a handsome guy. Um, are there ladies? Are there any ladies out there that want to do Larry Fessenden? If so, I'd love to know why. Are you into the balding dad bods with uh, missing teeth? Because... I'm halfway there myself, you know, if you're interested. All right, enough about that. That's all I got to look at this week. <coughs> I'm sorry. I've had a very busy week. Uh, how about some immersion therapy? Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to check out Consecration from uh, 2023 streaming on Shudder? Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm with Tony on this one, man. I found it to be very boring. I'm sorry. Um, I love the historical aspects of it. You know, the Knights Templar and how they had to confess when they came back from the Crusades. And uh, some of them were basically just told to go kill themselves because their sins were too egregious. I like that. I don't know if that actually happened or not. Um, whenever you see the Catholic Church featured prominently in a horror movie, you know where it's going. Somebody's going to get possessed or somebody already is possessed and they don't know it yet. That's basically what we're looking at here. Um, very slow. Very slow. Very drab. Uh, just a very... I mean... It 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 had Danny Houston and Jenna Malone in it. Uh, two of my two two of favorites of mine. I love Jenna Malone. Uh, she was great in the ruins. Very attractive young lady. Uh, I liked her in Neon Demon, even though I didn't really like the movie. And she had like a weird nipple tattoo situation. Uh, Danny Houston, Thirty Days of Night, American Horror Story, X Men Two. Great great actors, both of them. Just a very boring movie. I'm sorry. Did, it, did anybody dig it? Because I didn't. I thought it was just slow. And um, I, di- I didn't take the shortcut and hit the half speed or whatever that fucking thing is. I sat through every goddamn minute, minute of it, and I just found it very boring. I'm sorry. I am sorry. There was a there was long, like, 20-minute uh, stretches of just uh, Jenna Malone walking around the Abbey and uh, getting shunned by the nuns, you know? All right, we get it. They don't particularly want her there, and she doesn't want to be there. Okay, 
Did we have to do another lap around the courtyard for us to establish that? No, we got it. God damn it. Let's move on. All right. I'm going to say you can skip it unless you're really in the mood for some Catholic-based horror, in which case, there you go, consecration. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Habit from 1995, starring, written, and directed by the aforementioned Larry Fessenden. This is from... uh, God, he was like 20 years old when he this. I think this is his first uh, feature film. He wrote, directed, and starred in it. Streaming on Shudder. Go ahead and check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same. I will do the same. I don't know if anybody will be here next week, but I will definitely do it. And we can compare notes next week. What do you think of that shit? In the meantime, you must now educate me. Educating Miss Monica. (coughs) First, my clues from last week. Uh, I am a traveling magician, not a very good one. I do mostly uh, uh, retirement homes and birthday parties, and my motherfucking van broke down in the French countryside, and I had to hitchhike to this remote-ass village try to get some help. Turns out these rubes think I am the reincarnation of the one chick that they were all in love with, and now they're all coming at me with hard dicks, and i got to fight my way out of here. I am a French movie called Calvaire. Excuse me, it's also streaming on Shudder if anybody wants to check it out. Be prepared for some dude rape, because that goes down, and uh, this is a lot like head shaving, and uh, they they rough up this magician pretty good, so... It's in the vein of a high tension and martyrs, and uh, but like with a lot more gayness. There's a lot of gayness going on here. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I tell you what, my friends. I am fresh out of the zombie apocalypse, which is good. I survived. And now society is returning to normal, except that we still have all these goddamn zombies uh, running around. Uh, they're not trying to, well, I mean, they're still trying to kill us, but we found a way to like domesticate them a little bit. And, uh, now, uh, my very happy suburban family has decided to keep one as a house pet kind of a deal. Uh, we have like a shock collar on them and, uh, we're training him to like help carry the groceries. And, uh, I think, I think my fucking neighbor is horny for my pet zombie. All right. How does that, I don't know how that works, but, um. It's it's very off putting to me, and I don't like uh, I don't like the way she's looking at my my pet zombie. So, uh, who might I be? You ask. Uh, tune in next week, and I'll drop some knowledge on you, inmates. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to go take some more Dayquil now. Join me next week for Trick or Treat, uh, rounding out um, uh, Terra Dome Month here in the padded room. Um, we do have a campaign. Uh, Patreon campaign running. Uh, I'm gonna start, dude. I'm gonna start posting some shit to Patreon. I'm gonna start it in the free category, and then after that, I'm probably gonna keep it in the free category. But then I'm gonna add some other shit into the paid category. I got a whole, I got a whole like whiteboard of Patreon shit that I've got. I'm, I'm, I just need to find the fucking time to put it all together. Is the problem. Uh, but regardless, uh, I might actually start that as soon as I finish this. Um, 
support.paddedroompodcast.com is where you go to find that link. Check out all the stuff there, all the prize tiers, all that fun stuff, and the different uh, donation tiers. You're going to love that. Um, In the meantime, uh, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found the show. That helps our visibility quite a bit. Uh, For Jason Harrell in absentia, Buddy also in absentia, (coughs) this motherfucking summer cold that my family is passing around, Canadian body mod uh, surgeons and the illegal practices thereof, uh, pet zombies that can be apparently domesticated and possibly used as some kind of a sex slave, Um, giggling physicians, very unprofessional, right? Hold it together, man. You're going to tell me I have cancer and then you're going to laugh at me? Go fuck yourself. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Keep trying.